Hi, I'm Gary. And I'm Owen, and this is Left Out. Left Out is an LGBTQIA history podcast. Join us as we learn about incredible events and people that have shaped the history you weren't taught in school. Hello. Hi. Welcome back to We're Left back. Out. Yes, we've had a little break. We had a break over the summer, didn't we? Yeah, I think it's been like two and a half, three weeks-ish. Something like ish. that. Feels longer. It does. It feels like we've been away for like years. It's because we've had like forty different seasons in the UK. Well, when we said goodbye last, it, the heat was building up, and, it got, and then yeah. it got to the point where we actually were so glad that we decided to take a break because recording the podcast, I, I, th- I think we wouldn't have survived. So no, it was it, so hot. It was hot, very hot, and now it's all wet and rainy because autumn is coming. Yay! I love autumn. But yes, I hope you haven't missed us too much. We've missed you. Yeah, <laughs> um, but thank you for everyone that's still been listening. Yes. If you've been, you know, listening to the other episodes or sharing with other people, we've still had loads of downloads. So thank you for still loving it. Yeah, and supporting us. We really, really do appreciate mm. it. Um, and we're excited to get back on it and make some more podcasts. Yay! <laughs> we we feel like because we've had a break, I'm like, yeah, I'm raring to go now. Like I, yes, you know. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So what are we talking about today? So this week we are talking about the representation of LGBT plus people in British politics and specifically British politicians. Yes. And our sort of government. Yes. Yeah, because we could do the whole world. But the reason that we've actually done um, Britain yes. and the UK, the UK government, is that... Um, very interesting fact that we found out, which we thought, oh, this is really mm. interesting. So the reason why we decided to do the UK is because as of December 2019, and we don't think it's changed since. I don't think so. Um, we have the most... Me- L- oh, say that again. We have the <laughs> most LGBT plus members um, in our parliament uh, than compared to the rest of the world. Yeah, that's correct. Yes, we yeah. have the highest LGB politicians in our government yes. than the rest of the world. Yeah, so there's 45 in total. Yes, so there's 45 in total. um, And that is 20 from the Conservative Party, 15 in the Labour Party and 10 in the SNP Party, uh, which makes the SNP the most diverse purely based upon how many seats they hold in our parliament versus how many people are then from the LGBT community. Because I think they have like 30-something seats. So do you know what I mean? It's quite a large number of them are represented by the LGBT community. Um, and uh, out of that, in terms of the cabinet um, for the government, three in the cabinet are part of the community. There's mm-hmm. two men and one woman. Amazing. Hmm. Something I didn't know. Like I said, no. like when we chose this for a week's, um, like what we were going to talk about. Uh, well, it's why we do this podcast, because that's what I wanted to know. We're like, I oh, like, I didn't know that. Well, no, and I <laughs> wanted to know what the representation was within our parliament. Yes. Um like we don't have the most progressive parliament in the world or no. government but we don't we clearly do not have the least either no, especially with other things going on like in such like poland yeah, which is exactly. only you know across the pond yeah and um know. and it's interesting to see who from our community is sort of fighting our corner yes with when things are Very trying to get passed and what's interesting about that is the fact that the most that there are from the Conservative Party. Yeah. Um, although we should say that the Conservative Party are at the moment in power, so therefore they do have the most MPs in yes. Parliament. So yes. you would hope that they would then have the most represented. Yeah, and actually when you look at, like you said, when you look at the breakdown of how many LGB 
politicians there are versus the seats that those parties that we spoke about hold actually it is quite an even representation mm. across the parties yeah. it's not an even representation across the whole house of commons but yeah we've uh, still yeah. got a way to it's go it's quite even but but we do think it's interesting we'll come on to this a bit later that mm the most that there are are in the Conservative Party, which are traditionally a, a right... Yeah, for the UK, uh, there are right-wing parties. Yes, yeah. so that's really interesting, but we'll come on more about that as mm. we go through the history. Um, so the first person to come out as a uh, as a lesbian politician it was in 1976, Maureen... I can't... I'm I not... think it's Cole Gahan. Yeah, I'm Cole really Gahan. sorry I can't pronounce that surname. Um, so she was actually outed by the Daily Mail, um, a very <laughs> high standard newspaper <laughs> in the UK. Not. Yeah, hence the sarcasm. Um, and sadly, she was actually deselected by her local Labour Party for being in a same-sex relationship, but also because of her feminist views as well. Yeah. Which She was reinstated though, wasn't she? a year later like they found she it was, was unjust yeah so the like sort of committee that then views if someone's been deselected as their seat in their constituency viewed that even in 1976 that actually that they, was can't, not cool. they can't be doing that because of her sexual orientation um so she did actually lose her seat again in 1979 um after quite negative responses in and out of the House of Commons. But yes, Maureen was the first out politician in the UK. Um, she didn't necessarily obviously come out of her own accord. She was outed by um, no, a tabloid but, but paper. She did. The reason they outed her was because she had moved in with her partner. So basically, yes, she was a... Um, uh, she was in a straight marriage. Yeah. She was a wife. She had teenage kids. Yeah. Um, and came out a lot later in her life. Um, she does go down on record in saying that, like, she didn't feel that, like, disclosing her sexuality was important and what was happening in her private life wasn't relevant to her well, politics. Well, she said, like, it doesn't stop doesn't, her from doing her job. Yeah, it doesn't stop her from yeah, being a good politician. Which is true. <laughs> and the head of the Labour... Not the head of the Labour Party, but the head of sort of that... That area. Area in the UK... Um, said that she should be deselected from her seat because she won the votes based on the fact she was a a wife and a stay-at-home and working mum and that she had deceived her constituents, which, yeah, I don't think that should even be... Which is bizarre. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. we're talking in the 70s here, but I don't even think that yeah. should even come into question. Another thing that was really interesting with Bowers was that she was even asked to yeah. out other MPs that were in the closet that she may mm. know about. Obviously, she totally refused, but yeah. she's gone on record of saying that people were like, so who else do you know? Who yeah. else do you know, like, that, that are keeping themselves in the closet, which is awful. Yeah. Um, but interesting that they were seeing it back then as, like, it st clearly started to become a sort of, like, uh, the newspapers and media well, was, were like, uh, how can we find... It was, it was a witch hunt. It was a witch hunt. And I think what's really interesting is that the media actually... It was used as, like, a negative thing. Yeah. It was basically used to tear down politicians. Yeah, like, shock drama. Yeah. Did you know about it this? It wasn't... Like, um, it wasn't a just, do you know? Yeah, it was scandal, <laughs> this scandal, This person scandal. happens to be a lesbian. Yeah. Yes, it was scandalous. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and then the first uh, openly male gay uh, British MP was Labour's Chris Smith. He came out in 1984. Um, and then later on, he also came out as HIV positive in 1995. Um, there's not a huge amount about him. He stayed on as being an MP for quite a while. Yeah. Um, but 
yeah, so he's the first male uh, gay British MP. Again, the same sort of response when he uh, came out was like, he, as as you should be, didn't feel that disclosing his sexuality had any place in getting his votes, job. losing votes, yeah. his job. Yeah, as it should be seen in that way. Yeah. Uh, so then Peter Mandelson was the first gay man to actually be in a cabinet um, and he was a very close ally to former Prime Minister Tony Blair. So, Do you want to sort of explain what a cabinet yeah, is? Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, so if you're not from the UK, or if you are from the UK and you don't know, the cabinet is basically um, their sort of top ministers for their... Yeah, um, they're the guys well, that work with it? the Prime Minister. No, but as in they are the leader of, like, so the person who heads up the Home Office. And oh, yeah, Mi- like Minister for Foreign Affairs, Minister for... Yeah, yeah so, so, that, so they are, like, the top are the prime minister they're the t- as far as they can go really yes. as an mp so the cabinet are the people closest to the prime minister are his advisors but will also head up so the secretary yeah. of education yeah and they're selected by the prime minister yes as well. um so yeah peter manson was the first gay man to be part of that so he was in mm-hmm. the inner sanctum in the cabinet um he again was outed by uh, this I found really interesting. He was outed on Newsnight, which is a broadcast on the BBC here in the UK, um, which is a news broadcast. Um, and he was outed in 1998 by a Gay Times column, columnist on on the new, show on Newsnight, which yeah. really baffles me. Yeah, I'd like, have to find the video and watch it to yeah. understand the full circumstances. But whatever way, that's not cool. Um, but it's but it's I. If anybody can find it, I'm sure you can. It's probably on YouTube. Yeah, because it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, really. then maybe if we find it, we'll post it as well on our um, our Insta. Um, but it must be interesting to see that happen because that's yeah, twenty, I'd you love know, to twenty-two know what the years context ago. Is it? It's just it's just so interesting that when we were researching this, like a lot of politicians have been outed by sort of tabloid newspapers and sort of gossip columns mm-hmm. and things like that. But to be outed by Gay Times, which is and sort of basically our journalism do you well, know what yeah, I mean? yeah. it's crazy yeah. that that happened um again the same sort of response he and in fact he actually really took control of the situation was like yes this is who i am um and he had been working obviously as a politician for a very long time before this he was a very well-known yeah politician and clearly well. very successful because he was in the cabinet um and again he just says sexuality is irrelevant to his work as a minister for the uk mm-hmm. which it is yeah. yeah, it is. Um, and then the first Conservative MP, so we're kind of mentioning that because the Conservatives are in power at the moment, so it's yeah. interesting. First Conservative MP to come out was Alan Duncan in 2002, and in 2006 the Lib Dems um, had Simon Hughes, who was actually outed as bisexual in a newspaper. <laughs> so another th- a theme runs through this. The media. And, yeah, the media. <laughs> um, it's interesting because it's hard to find the exact moment when it was sort of okay for MPs to come out or to sort of openly disclose their sexual identity, their sexual orientation. Mm. Um, Obviously, and I would hope where we've gone through the UK and its history, like now it shouldn't really be an issue, but I think it's, it's kind of hard to pinpoint because no one's actually sort of just like when we're looking through these dates from sort of seventies, eighties, nineties, no one's actually come out. They've actually been outed by sort of this witch yeah. hunt by the media so or no one's just living a life like yeah i am and i yeah it and is. it is what it is it, yeah. i always have you know um so it's quite interesting because all the stories as you can tell from what we said follow the same sort of pattern of they've been outed by some sort of news broadcast media outlet and so then they've had to disclose their sexuality mm-hmm. um there's there's no real definition of like when it was basically 
okay. Well, maybe it was due to laws changing, obviously social acceptance, but also because it's directly related as the as politicians pass laws that create more equality. Yeah. Then does it make it okay for them? Do you know what I mean? Maybe it's sort of directly related. Yeah, and obviously I think it goes hand in hand with obviously then social constructs that are happening outside of governments. So mm-hmm. um just communities becoming more accepting of gay yeah. people and things like that. So maybe it is that. But um when you look back at any of these stories of the people that we've spoken about and there's many others as well, it wasn't easy for them to have to disclose that actually most of the time those people didn't win the seats in their constituents because Mm -hmm. or lost them or lost them because of how they identified um which is a real shame um it is and i would hope today that wouldn't be the case i would i would if mm. i'm being really honest i would say it would depend on the geographical location i would say Um, so like we live in a small country town in the uk and i uh, I wouldn't want to talk down on our local area, but I could almost probably guarantee if there was sort of an openly queer politician yeah. running for the seat in this constituency, yeah. I don't think they would win. Especially and I think that would they, be one of the factors Yeah, why. especially if they didn't tr- look traditionally cis, traditionally yes. conservative. Yeah. If they did look tr- traditionally conservative and they happened to be gay and they could play the sort of like white middle class <laughs> british yeah. game then i it, maybe they would still win but if they but yeah i do believe it would have a negative effect and i think overall in the uk i still think we're a way to go especially when we can see who our current prime minister is um and the things he said yeah. about our community um i think we're still a long way off ever having sort of a queer prime minister uh, a very very so, long way uh, off. like i can't see that happening sadly, I'd, I'd like to see it in our soon. lifetime but i don't i still yeah, yeah. Not to be neggy, yeah. but I, I still think we're a way away from that. Yeah. yeah. But from our research, we kind of found that it's kind of connected to Section 28 as well. So actually our first podcast that we ever did, if you want to know about that, then go back and, and listen to it. And the reason why we... We're doing the podcast. Is so this is quite nice because we said we were coming back and it's actually like, oh, full circle moment, yeah. it's kind of connected. So you can kind of pinpoint that when um, the Labour Party overturned Section 28 in 2003... Um, and introduce civil partnerships in 2004 the year later it seemed to be kind of the starting point that mps started to there used to be there seemed to be more of them as part of the lgbt community there started to be more openness more acceptance yeah and i think um obviously like we said we've got 45 mps in our current house of commons in our Mm -hmm. government that are out as lgb um but I think representation only goes so far. Mm-hmm. Then there needs to be action behind that. And I thought what was quite interesting and sort of what made me think whilst we were researching this is that how much are those MPs doing for our community? Because with our current government, like laws for trans people are getting harder in the UK, not easier. Yeah. Um, and so how much of those people actually doing for our community mm-hmm. or do they still feel like they can't speak out as strongly mm-hmm. as maybe they or, would want or to? Or is, is there not enough of them representing it in order to pass the bills, exactly. to stop the bills, um, to make a difference? And this is obviously me only surmising, like I'm not making a judgment on those MPs, but or are they even engaged in our community to mm-hmm. to think of those as something that's important enough to pass through the House of Commons. Um, yeah. It's quite interesting because, like I said, it, it we don't necessarily live 
in a ridiculously conservative state here in the UK. And obviously there's been a lot happened, as we spoke yeah. about in lots of different podcasts, which give us rights, give us legal rights and laws. But I would definitely say that we don't live in this ultimately liberal yeah, and I, state within yeah, our government. And I would also definitely say, we were talking about this the other day, actually, that um, I would definitely say that there is a view that um, far right, far right sort of like extremist views are starting to die down well i would disagree with that mm. my personal views are that actually the conservative party are engulfing some of those views in their own policies yeah and that's the government that's in charge at the moment and although they were the government you know that it was the conservative government that passed the equal marriage act yeah you know i think that was something that was eventually going to happen anyway and i also think that personally for me now if it forget about sort of like the past but right now i would find it hard to say to somebody that you can be both an lgbt ally and vote tory that but would that's be my what, um, i don't think you can do both that's in this what i find situation. very interesting is that obviously they have 20 mps within their party that sit in the house of commons part of the conservative party and that kind of yeah confuses me and i get there's the argument of obviously you've got to be part of the yeah party to and there's be diversity the, to be in every the, party to, yeah of course yeah. to be the to be the solution and or like have your voice heard and you kind of got to be part of it to mm -hmm. change it if you're sort of screaming from the outside is it ever going to change but then i think actually looking at our government and again i don't mean to sound so negative but i don't really see any party that truly upholds or supports uh, the queer community because You've got the Conservative Party who have quite right-wing views or far-right views. Well, it's getting, it's getting much more far-right as well. there's always been sort of homophobia and transphobia in, in that party. But then you also look at the Labour Party mm -hmm. and homophobia and, again, transphobia and the that is rife amongst yeah. that party as well. So it's really difficult to... I think as a gay person be like, well, I actually kind of can't see any, even though there are sort of gay representation within the mm -hmm. House of Commons, I don't see any representation of me yeah. in any of those parties. But I, um, I also definitely don't think you can look at our current prime minister who has referred to us, and I quote, as bum boys, yeah. um, as somebody that will ever fully stand up for us. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just, yeah, I, yeah, that's the way it is. Um, and as you may have noticed, throughout this podcast i've only been referring to these mps as lgb because so far there is not one trans person elected to parliament no um i would love to see that happen obviously we've had it happen in france it was a local mayor i believe I so, who yeah. was um voting North and, there, and there is someone i'm not sure what they are in terms of senator or whatever in america but there is someone in america that in american is a representative yeah. in american politics that is trans um, I would love to see that happen because there should be no reason why someone who's trans shouldn't be able to sort of represent their country within our parliament. Yeah, of course. Um, but we need it. We need yeah, full well, yeah, diversity we need it. Yeah, 100% we need it. Um, but yeah, as it stands at the moment, there is not one trans person elected in parliament. Um, and actually, I'm going to do a bit more research after this because it'd be interesting to see if there's anyone that's even... Tried. ...running. Yeah, yeah because um, obviously we talk about these people. These are the people that have won their seats in their local areas. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that there isn't MPs out there for sort of parties that aren't currently in power in their local area. That could be that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it'd be really interesting. But currently in our parliament, there is not a trans MP. No. Um, and actually, increasingly, MP sexuality seems to be 
a part of just who they are, although it's not definitely like wholly wildly accepted. But no, it I is getting imagine, better. I can imagine in articles written about them, it still is in there. Yeah. Like their sexuality is still spoken about. It's like mentioned, yeah, mentioned. yeah definitely. But actually, Scotland's a really interesting place okay. in the whole of the UK. Um, so there is a 22-year-old, and bear with me because I'm going to try and say these names, 22-year-old Mahiri Black and Kezia Dugdale. Um, so they're part of the LGBT community. Kezia's and, the Labour leader. Yeah, and he, so Kezia's the Labour leader, and then the Conservative leader is also Ruth Davidson, um, who is a lesbian. Um, but they also just happen to be out and proud. All so they're them. quite prevalent yeah. in, in Scotland. Yeah. Um, and then f- it's quite common for LGBT... Well, we found out, didn't we? It's kind of quite co- common for them to question their leaders. Yes. So, so Davidson, um, Ruth Davidson, the leader of the Conservative Party in Scotland, um, put a lot of pressure on the former Prime Minister in the UK, Theresa May, to make sure that when she she was basically doing a deal with a party called the DUP, um, to ensure that she could basically win the election, that's that's it. There's a whole other. That's yeah. it in its <laughs> quickest terms. But basically, the DUP are a far right Northern Irish group. So Ruth Davidson, head of the Conservative Party for Scotland, was putting a lot of pressure on the Prime Minister at the time to ensure that LGBT plus rights wouldn't fall by the wayside when making her deal with this far right party. Um, so. I think there are people out there that are fighting our and corner. Speaking. Yeah, and yeah. speaking. I think that just as always, as Ed ever does in any situation like this, there just needs to be more diversity because and more representation so that mm-hmm. the UK is fully represented. And I don't even mean that from sort of an LGBT plus point of view. I mean that from all points of views. Well, as all well. minorities and prejudice. Yes, there's a whole representation. But um, yeah, that's kind of it because we've kind of. It's a bit. It's quite a lot of history, but then it's still a history that's ongoing. So it's I know, an interesting and you can one. go really far back. Um, you can go into like we've kind of spoken about people that are out and proud as and a, in modern history, yeah, as, well. as an LGB MP. But you can go as far back as sort of our parliament's sort of creation, or like two hundred uh, yeah, years and, ago. Yeah, and and there's people that are either suspected or had never came out, but they knew like that were queer MPs. We've always been there. Yeah, we've always been here. That's (laughs) the point of this podcast is to sort of say that we're not spoken about a lot, especially when it comes to our parliament and our government, but we are there. Um, And I think like we became way more politically active as we sort of... As you get older, which I think you do naturally. Especially when we went through our 20s, we became way more politically involved than we were as teenagers. And I think... um, it's a, I remember when we were, did our podcast about sports, like sometimes I think when you're part of our community, you can sometimes feel like that you don't have a place in somewhere like yes. Parliament or the House of Commons. Uh-huh. But actually, um, if that is something that you want to pursue and that's where you sort of see your life service and work go, like do it because we need you. Well, because be let's face it, that's where the ultimate change happens. Yes, exactly. we can say stuff and we can do stuff. We can march, we can speak, yeah. we can share, we can you know educate people you like what we're doing to, here but you almost have to be in the room but there is no change. definite protection until a law changes exactly um and yes it is amazing that the uk has the most representation of yeah. lgb people that's brilliant um however definitely the rest of the world <laughs> needs to catch up <laughs> yeah. and we need to also keep doing more exactly because the more we do the means that the rest of the world will look and listen and hopefully follow as well <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. Um, 
we will post some stuff on our Instagram, won't we? Yeah. As always, to back up everything we're saying with some lovely imagery. Um, and we'll keep you posted about our next episode because it feels good to be back. Yeah, we're back. Yeah, back and ready for autumn. Yay! Thanks so much for listening. Thanks. And we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Left Out with Gary and Owen. Subscribe to Left Out at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Gary and Owen.